0: for my life.
1: You're listening to CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And you just heard right there from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, 1983, Culture Shock. And today on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, we have some people in the studio who are you? Who do we have in the studio today?
2: This is Patrick. I do hosehead. I'm Shane.
3: Storepoints points. I'm Mitch. Storepoints points.
1: And together you are Storepoints Points and Patrick.
3: That's hosehead. right.
4: <laughs> from Hosehead
1: playing playing tomorrow night. Tomorrow yep. night. Yes. And right off the bat, we played from the Citr collection. Culture shock. Could you please explain, Patrick? That is what, pretty much on your want list. Isn't yeah, that, that's it? very high Actually, on my want list. what are we going to be doing today, and how, how does this song play into what we are doing today, and what is going to happen tomorrow?
2: Well, that's a really good question. Uh, well, that's a song, like you said, from 1983, it plays into what we're doing tomorrow, because we're going to play some good songs tomorrow, and that's a really good song, in Vancouver.
1: And today we're gonna also play more songs that you have brought out. That's right. It's like I'm me being lazy, you bring out the records. (laughs) You bring out the records. Although I I did pull that. I wish I wish I could have brought
2: that in Ardwar, unfortunately. Uh, What is the background on that
1: record that I played right there? I pulled out from Uh, the record
2: library. I don't know. Fronted by Brian Maitland, recorded at Bullfrog Studios in Vancouver, released in nineteen eighty three. I think self released actually. It's really expensive, it's really rare, it's really obscure. I really want it. I've only seen... That's the second copy I've seen with my own eyes.
1: And we will be tweeting out some pictures of that record on the Nardwar Twitter. That's right. At (laughs) N-A-R-D-W-U-A-R. But we're only going to do that when you are actually playing the tune to allow me to tweet out the pictures. Because I can't do everything at once. It's so hard, but we really want to document that record, don't we? Absolutely. You were shocked to see that record, Uh, I was
2: culture shocked to see that record, that's right.
1: And who have you brought in with you right now? This is Shane and Mitch. And, Mitch and Shane of
3: Sore points.
1: points playing tomorrow night. What is the gig tomorrow night, Mitch? If you could move a bit closer to the mic. Uh, it's what- our
3: record release show tomorrow. And for our new LP that's coming out.
1: And quite a few bands are playing. In yeah. fact, for your record release, yeah. for the sore <laughs> Points record release, you've got the Pointed Sticks. Yeah,
3: we got Pointed like, Sticks. That is
1: quite amazing. For your record release. Yeah, very like, it, For you to go on your own, uh, to be on your own, to headline or whatever, but it will beat up. You got, the, how did that happen? Who is on the bill? And you've got the Pointed Sticks to play.
3: Yeah, we got the Pointed Sticks. We got Transmitters also from here. And we have Chain Whip, who's also playing.
1: And Patrick, you participate. I
2: play drums and Chain Whip, and the whippers
1: of the chains. That's right. And actually, (laughs) Shane, what happened the last time? Where is Nervous Talk? Because last time you were here with Nervous Talk. What happened?
5: Yeah, where's Nervous Talk? So Nervous Talk, uh, you know, we we had to we had to call it a day. You know. I think, uh, Why? like <laughs> what
1: made you think you had to? I mean, is there any rush? I think, is that, there any rush? I mean, you were distributing the nerve in 1997 in like yeah. Saskatoon or Regina. <laughs> like, there's no rush. You were distributing like since '97.
5: Yeah. I think that, I think that the band just, you know, we're all different people in that band. Uh, you know, not to quote that song, but, uh, <laughs> there, a Nervous Talk song with different persons. <laughs> Funny thing. I don't know. I think we all just sort of had to do our own thing, and that's just, just what happens.
1: And so now you are in a brand new band called The Sore Points.
5: That's right. Yeah. So me and Trevor, uh, the drummer from Nervous Talk, who couldn't make it today, but um, we uh, we just wanted to do something new. And uh, actually, we were gonna st- we wanted to start like a Stranglers band, basically, which I bought a Stranglers record today just in case we want to play some. But uh, anyways, we started jamming, and then we decided to do – we ended up doing something completely different anyways, and we hooked up with Mitch here, and uh, we just started playing some rock and roll tunes.
1: And Mitch, you've been in some bands previously, haven't you? Yeah. What did you play in those other bands?
3: Uh, Drums. And what mostly. are you playing in the
1: sore Points? Guitar. What is going on? I was very confused by Trevor. Do people get confused by Trevor? All the time. Because Trevor <laughs> made it seem like that you, Patrick, were – playing in the sore points no no but i've never I th- once played but in sore i points. got confused but i thought you played drums
2: i do play drums just not but in the sore points but then
1: mitch plays drums how did that work out
2: <laughs> i play guitar in the sore points Na- but so n- it, neither it, mitch nor i play drums but but in the sore points
1: trevor was kind of right wasn't he like there is some drummer <laughs> non-doing uh, uh, what do you what do you feel natural with mitch like you pl- how was your experience i, playing I, I drums? always
3: i always played drums for the longest time but then i picked up the guitar uh, and it's super fun, something new.
1: And so um. you are playing. Uh, are you still in the Spectres?
3: I am, yeah.
1: And you were still playing out, Yep. But you are also in Pure Mania, yes. Uh, what did you play in that band?
3: I played drums in that band as well.
1: So do you still play drums in? I yep. guess with the. I, I play. I
3: play drums with Spectres, and we're still pretty active. We got a new record coming out pretty soon.
1: And if you could tell me, Shane, the name Sore Points, the name Sore Points, yeah. Uh, Can you tell me about the band Anti Pasty?
5: (laughs) Well, yeah, funny thing. (laughs) That might have been a a little bit of an influence for the name of the band, Sore Points.
1: Because they have the song Four Score Points, right? Yeah, that was actually. Actually, Four Sore Points. Yeah. Four Score Points sounds. Actually, the score.
5: uh, Is there. Score Points. (laughs) I think there
1: are a few other bands. There's there's a band
5: called Loser Points, which, (laughs) if you can picture me right now, I'm shaking my fist. Um, And then there's a band. Well, oh no, actually, I was crazy.
1: once accused by somebody of um, losing punk points. So <laughs> yeah. the, the punk, I, I guess you. Could what be, did you do? Yeah, what did you lose <laughs> punk points? Well, for? My entire <laughs> life, I have lost. It's going below zero. I've lost a lot okay. of punk points. Yeah. I think when you talk to Snoop Doggy Dog, you lose punk points.
5: Oh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> but it's all become one now, has not it? It's, it's all so one. So maybe the punk points are back. But there's yeah. no such
5: thing as anything anymore.
2: Nardwar, when Henry Rollins is mean to you, you gain punk points. Yes. And that means you have a lot of punk points.
1: But only he's been I, I would love to talk to him again, but he said never again. But he said that Plus one thousand punk points for that. I, I, it's every thirteen years. So okay. I guess I only got two. Well, you think I got one thousand?
5: At least smokes
1: with Oh so Okay, so, so I can lose quite a few. But anyways, the band sore points playing tomorrow night.
5: Tomorrow night at the Astoria. With the pointed With sticks. With pointed sticks. Yeah. Come on. I'm Come on. very stoked.
1: And we are also gonna have a Nick. From a Mick. Do you know many punk rockers called Mick? I Mick. What, Mick. Jones. What do you? What do you? Th- what do you th- when do you think of Mick?
3: I know a local guy named Mick. Mick McCann. Yeah.
1: So that. Oh, is he in a band too? Yeah, he's in the Flag Polars. Yeah. So shout out to him. Yeah, shout out cheers. to all punk rockers called Mick. And actually, Nick <laughs> of the Pointed Sticks will be phoning in later. That's right. To the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. And you, Patrick, have brought out a whole bunch of records. I have a lot of play. records. And we're going to hear some selections for the 45s you brought out right now. That's right. And the first one is going to be the Scabs. What can you say about the Scabs?
2: The Scabs are a band from Exeter, England. Uh, they went to Exeter University. They were just a student band. And they self-released one record, and then they broke up. And about a, two years ago, I contacted the singer, James, and I, I did a reissue of that. So it's much cheaper than the original, but I'm playing the original.
1: And that is Hosehead Records. That's right. And you are on Hosehead, but you put out the first release by the Sore Points? I did. So how does the other label that your new record is on, the Sore Points, how does Gord from The Derange do it? How does he do it? Like, Shane, how does he do it?
5: It's nobody amazing. nobody really knows because no one ever really ever sees him in person. Oh,
1: I've met he's him. He's like,
5: uh, really? Yeah. I saw him <laughs> once
1: at, I think it was Autopile Records, um, something to do with um, Misfits Records. <coughs> I will put it at that. I'll end at that. But I, I saw him. So he, you have not seen him? or How does it work?
5: I've only ever spoke to him on the phone,
3: really. I've never met him, but he's put out a couple of my records. I've never met him.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. What commitment does he have? Like, he, uh, that's incredible. He like, gave, you he gave like, me a ride
2: home from work once.
1: He drove me home. So what is the difference between Deranged and Hosehead Records?
2: Uh, Hosehead's a hobby and Deranged is a career.
1: Bah, boom! <laughs> uh, although he has to... Uh, R- uh, Gore lives on in the Sunshine Co- He lives that, in Roberts Creek? But how do you... That is amazing that, like, for punk rock now, he can hear the punk rock. He doesn't have to see the punk rock. He can hear it. You talked to him on the phone. He didn't have to see you guys, did he?
5: Yeah. Well, I think that we were a little bit on his radar. We had uh, reached out to him before. So, I mean, just to drop him a line and just see what's happening. because the a label we were interested in, and uh, uh, I don't know how it actually ended up. Well, I actually No, I do not remember. I called him. I, I actually messaged him and said, what's your phone number? Let's, call, let's have a chat. And I called him and basically pitched my case to him. uh, Successfully. (laughs) Successfully, apparently. And we will
1: hear your case today on an Art show. That's a Sore Points. And tomorrow, people can hear the case. The Sore (laughs) Points case to be on Derange. You have already a record on Derange right now. You have have a record.
5: We do, right now. It's it's in my hands as we speak.
1: A brand new record. It's incredible. Like Derange, so many records on. Like you were saying, Mitch, The Specters are on Deranged, right? Yeah. And what other bands are on Derange? Like tons.
3: Tons of bands like early fucked think. up, no right? Problem. For sure. Early yeah, no fucked problem. up
2: Career Suicide, even transmitters who are playing tomorrow are on deranged as well. Yeah.
3: And you who
1: so said, Patrick, the record we're gonna play right now, you reissue. That's right. How did you win over some jaded seventies punks?
2: James is actually very, very sweet. He's a very nice person. But the I- hardest part was finding him.
1: So what was your um, line when you finally phoned them up? You know, how did you? Talk I really to him?
2: like your band. The record's too expensive. Can I please reissue it so people can afford it?
1: And nobody had tried it in past. No,
2: really? No, they had been comped before by um, bootleggers. No, no, they were on the Punk Forty Five comp by Soul Jazz, um, and that's how I first heard about them. But uh, no one has done an actual legit, just straight reissue of just the seven inch before.
1: Except Hosehead That's has. Right. That's right. me. And right now, Patrick from Head is going to take control. It's going to be the part of the noise podcast.
2: Oh, yeah. There's a callback. You did. That's a podcast, a podcast. I used to run. Yeah,
1: Yeah. So this- kind of is the, would this be the Part of the Noise podcast? Would this be the type of music? This is the
2: Nardwar show, well, but this is what Part of the Noise would have played, for
1: sure. The Scabs. So here we go. The Scabs on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show with special des- guest DJs, Patrick from Hosehead Records, and also the Sore Points, who are playing tomorrow night, have a brand new record out on DeRay. And coming up a bit later, Nick from Appointed Stay.
0: One two three four. Gotta let it go. Gotta go. no one gotta. I see my generator move to my time, but Every day I have a same place to go. It's a building. I just don't wanna know. I'm rebuilding. Uh, I'm rebuilding. Uh, what a waste of time. But when I go down to the printer, it's so much funner. I just can't get that for the size of the crowd. Somebody body the the enemy
4: Talking about nothing. Me, I don't wanna do nothing. To me, art is nothing. So, girl, don't you try. Don't you try. Don't you try to push me around. Don't push me around. You always want me to stop, but I don't wanna. Want me to stop Well I'm not gonna you always talk about nothing Me I don't want to do nothing To me I are just nothing So girl ooh, Don't you try ooh, Don't you try ooh, Don't you try To push me around Don't push me around Girl, it makes me so mad. Ooh, girl, it makes me so mad. I have to say.
1: Itr FM102, cable 102 Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show, with, in this particular moment, special guest DJ... Patrick Bertrand. Patrick, what did we hear in that set? Uh, the song that you just heard
2: was Don't Ring Me Up by Protex. Before that, we heard First Base with If I See You With That Girl Again, I'm Gonna Kill You from Toronto.
1: On your label?
2: Uh, no, that, that was on la da but uh, one of the guys in that band I do a label with, with Hosehead. Uh, before that, we heard the Zeros with Don't Push Me Around. And starting that set, we heard the Scabs with Amory Building.
1: And we will be hearing all these tunes kind of. Are you going to be DJ? What's happening tomorrow night? Uh, well, tomorrow night at the Astoria,
2: the Sword Points are playing with the transmitters and the pointed sticks and Chain Whip with DJ Screaming Kate.
1: On CITR, FM 102, Keeper 102, Vancouver, Canada. Now! Right now! And who do we still have in the studio right now? Who do we have in the studio right now?
5: Mitch. And Shane of the band Sower Points is still in the studio. <laughs> still in the I'm stu- still here. Thank,
3: thank you for not leaving. And
1: actually, Trevor left some of the instructions. What can I say about Trevor? What can I say about Trevor? Because he is not here.
3: Trevor's the drummer in sore points.
1: Yeah, what can you say about Trevor?
3: (laughs) What can Uh, we say? He's at work right now. He couldn't make it.
1: (laughs) A shout out, a shout out. But he wants to have his presence known. He said he really texted you. He gave some information.
5: Yeah, he texted. He wants all the bands that are playing tomorrow night played in order on the air uh, today here, and um, he with very specific song requests. But I don't know if we need to go over all of them right now. Trevor's tinkering with a scooter in the Vespa shop. (laughs) Probably listening to the show and shaking his head. He's definitely shaking his head right now. (laughs) No, Mitch,
1: in another band, The Specters, you are the drummer. I was curious because Trevor also loves The Ramones, doesn't he? He's in The Ramores. For sure, yeah. The Ramones. What do you think of the different drummers for The Ramones? Like, for instance, Marky versus Tommy, you being a drummer?
3: I mean, I like both of their styles. They play great, both of them. I think, I don't know. What what do, you like
5: do you think Trevor's more of a Tommy or a Marky? Uh, I don't know.
1: What about CJ? <laughs> I was going to ask Trevor about CJ. What about, the, you know, CJ? Yeah. I know he's not a drummer. What do you think of CJ?
5: I like CJ. He's. Uh, CJ and what fine. about
1: Andrew WK and Marky Ramone? Remember, they did a tour did, did you ever hear about that? No about that? I have no idea about
5: it. I don't know much about that. Really. What about
1: DD's rap LP? DD, <laughs> D-D, D-D King, DD King, D-D King yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: yeah. yeah uh, I like cool outfits, right? <laughs> Yeah, like,
1: what, what do you think about that? Like, you wanted to tag Snoop Dogg, Mitch. You wanted to tag. and if, any, guy. if anybody wants to see what we are playing, just check out the Nardwar Twitter at N-A-R-D-W-U-A-R. And we tried to tag Snoop Dogg, but it wasn't allowed. <laughs> but what do you think about D.D. King? You know, D.D.'s rap. Or, it was reissued, wasn't it? I'm- it was reissued.
2: That album was reissued last year. It's like it's still kind of expensive. I don't have a, the original. I want the original, but
1: that's a great record. And also, <laughs> I noticed that Trevor was into Ty Seagull. He loved <laughs> Ty Seagull. What can I say about Trevor and Tr- Ty Segall? <laughs> I have
3: no idea. About
5: I don't, it. like. I look the, the, again. Trevor's shaking his head. He's <laughs> uh, probably a little upset. I don't know if I'd go as far as saying that Trevor's into Ty Segall. Trevor bought
2: a Ty Seagull record off of me at, Nep- at Neptune Records.
5: What year? What? Uh, like four years ago. Holy smokes. That's still within the window of maybe him saying that maybe he – I don't want to say anything there's bad no about way. <laughs> there's no way he likes Ty Seagull. I'm just saying he bought
2: that
1: record. Shout out to Trevor of the Sore Points playing tomorrow night. Playing tomorrow night. Yeah. At yeah. the Astoria. At the Astoria. <laughs> Astoria with the pointed sticks, chain Whip, your band, That's Patrick. That's right, yeah. And also the Transmitters. The Transmitters <laughs> are playing as well. And you, Shane, the dogs, the band, the dogs. The dogs. You covered the dogs. We
5: did. We covered the dogs. Yeah, and, uh, I. you know, I think I like our version better, but I think that theirs is pretty good, too. <laughs> <laughs> what can you
1: say about the dogs? Like, how did you discover the dogs? Who were the dogs?
5: Um, it was a French band. Uh, who's and that, Dominique? I think he's like kind of a folk hero in France, from what I understand. I think there's a statue of him in his hometown. And uh, it was just a song we were listening to when Sword points were first starting out. We were just sort of looking for different sounds, playing with like we were trying to figure out who we were and stuff. And uh, that song was a good so- sounding song. And actually, we originally we were trying to figure out how we could rip it off because um, we were like, this is such a cool song. Like, we Let's write a song just like it. And in the end, we thought, why not just cover it? And we did. And actually, it's still one of my favorite songs to play, for sure.
1: What do you think about the dogs, Mitch? What do you think about the dogs? I love it. Uh, what do you think about what <laughs> Shane is singing? Is she, you were the singer. Are you the yeah. singer? Yeah, I'm the singer. What is Shane singing about?
3: I have no idea, to be honest.
1: Like, for instance, what is Still Standing? What is it about?
5: Still Standing, it's... It's kind of like...
1: Self-explanatory? It's a
5: little bit self-explanatory. It's like, you know, what do you got? Like, whatever you can throw at me, I'm still standing. But then it kind of contradicts itself with the chorus Uh, saying, I just want to fade away.
1: Because you also (laughs) have a song like Still Standing and be alone, don't want to. It's very self-explanatory, isn't it?
5: Yeah, it it comes off as really negative, and and same with the new LP, uh, you know, Breakdown, No Cure, Gone Away, Numb, Death of You, Leave Me Nothing, (laughs) (laughs) Dead in the City, Nightfall. I mean, these are the kind... Luckily, for the LP, I've enclosed a... We have an insert where I've written all the lyrics out, so that listeners at home uh, can read and decide for themselves what it means. And I think it's it's mostly about coping with existence, I think, and not so much in, in a negative way. It just maybe comes off that way a little bit. How do
1: the sore points, Shane, differ from those guys from last night?
5: Those guys, well, the difference the difference between that band and every band in the world, I think, as far as I know, is that band, we wrote and recorded all Where the songs. Where was that band based? <laughs> that was from Winnipeg, and it was Joe from a band called Hot Live Guys, uh, Matt Haggerty, who had a band called from Vancouver called Battlesnakes, and me. And um, Joe also played played in a band called Archagathis, too. I, I, I don't know if he still does. Um, but basically, our di- our, di- our di- idea was we would just get together, write all the songs, and record them and tour within a week. So we wrote, we, we all met in Winnipeg, closed ourselves into the apartment, and we wrote... I don't know, we wrote 10 songs or something that week and recorded them that week, and then we did a f- uh, tour the following week, and we put out a tape and a CD and a split tape <laughs> with another band from, <laughs> from Winnipeg, and uh, we made some t-shirts, and we did uh, two tiny little mini tours, and that was it.
1: That's hard work.
5: Yeah, it was really hard work. <laughs> it was really hard work. How does that <laughs> and- <laughs> compare to the sore Points? Um, uh, the only uh, well, at sort of points. We wrote our first batch of songs pretty quickly as well. But um, those guys from last night, we did go into it fully intending it to be a discarded, ba- like we were gonna. It was a throwaway band right from the its initial planning stages. It was only ever sp- meant to last for a couple of weeks.
1: And now, at that time, could have hosehead signed those guys from last night.
5: <laughs> what year was this, Shane? This was probably two thousand. 10, maybe, or
2: 9, 8. Yeah, Jose started, I think 2011 was the first time, so almost, we just missed it a little bit.
1: Uh, uh, but you also were on Shake Records?
5: Yeah, so, yeah. Is with, that from Ottawa? Uh, No, Sorry. Shake Records is from Victoria. So that's that's Maddie Corvette, or Maddie Zine, or I'm not sure what Maddie's name is right now. <laughs> uh, But Maddie is so cool, and she put out like 150 releases on Shake Records or something like all from the felines yeah Yeah. dubbed dubbed them all in her apartment on her tape decks like so many bands and uh and then her band was uh Durban Poison that I played in um for a while yeah which while it's still a band technically we're just not that active right now
1: and Mitch, what about Hagglefest? What was Hagglefest? I saw like a blog online: Living D- Dead Girl goes to Hagglefest.
3: It's a uh, have a good laugh fest that this guy uh, Corey from Vancouver puts on in town, and it's uh, it's a bunch of bands from all over the world, basically. And yeah, he flies them out, and it's like a weekend of partying and watching too many bands, I guess.
1: It was amazing. Like she did an entire blog dedicated to fast. Okay, and like you were included, but it looked uh, really crazy. Like it was at.
3: Where it's a, it's it a fun good time. Or yeah, it's like it's at the Astoria, and then they'll do a day show at the Alf House backyard, and yeah, it's it's fun. I don't know. <laughs> what
1: about in Vancouver? Where have you played in Vancouver? Like have you ever played the Commodore? Never. No. How come? Like in all the I bands you've been in.
3: I'm not sure. Do
1: you know anybody that has played the Commodore? No. Do you know anybody that played the Commodore, Shane?
3: Jolt's played Commodore. Oh,
5: Really? Yeah. Okay, well, end of discussion right there. <laughs> <laughs> of, and you,
1: I was curious, you also are, Shane. It, it, you love VHS tapes, don't you?
5: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a, a problem. Um, it's mostly a living situation problem at the apartment. I wouldn't say it's a problem in any other way. It's just the sound of tapes falling is like, uh, it's the sound, that's what my life sounds like, uh, like all of the time. <laughs> but specifically- Imagine if every
2: wall in your house had a shelf for tapes. So like every wall in your house got like four inches closer to you in every direction. But, but That's Shane's house.
1: But specifically, <laughs> no. it's a type of movie. It's movies. This isn't VHS tapes, is it?
5: Yeah, it's movies. I'm, I'm in, I mean, I like movies. Really, but I I like uh I re- I just started collecting tapes because it was the cheapest way for me to watch movies originally because it was easy to go down and get them for a buck or fifty cents or whatever and then, and then it just sort of turned into a its own monster really, now I've got a few thousand of them in my little apartment. <laughs>
1: but what I'm curious about is like for VHS tapes the one uh, the ones that I have rediscovered or buy a lot of them are snow like really dirty. What are your tips for playing? Tapes that might be totally like mildew and snow. How does that work? Like, does it get jammed in machine? Of course, you know, it's like every guy's nightmare to bring a jammed machine with a Tracy Lord's vintage <laughs> movie from the 1980s know. into the shop and say, uh, my machine is jammed or the tape broke. H- how do you not break? How do you not embarrass yourself?
5: If you had a vintage Tracy Lord's tape. I mean, first of all, I don't think there's anything to be embarrassed about, right there. That would be a dream if I could find something like that. But okay, save uh, the Tracy <laughs> breaks.
1: How do you not make the Tracy break?
5: Well, I'm big into VCR maintenance. So what you do is you pop the top off, and you untangle that stuff. You, t- you untangle the tape, and I clean. I clean my uh, the heads of my VCRs regularly with, what? with, with alcohol, rubbing alcohol, the ninety nine ninety nine, you know, ISO, yeah, and uh, just a little paper, you wipe the gunk off, especially if you're playing old tapes cuz there's a lot of crap Do you have to actually off
1: take off the entire lid or can you do it just by reaching
5: no, in? No, I take the you take the lid right off. Yep.
1: <laughs> can you do it by reaching in?
5: Uh, I don't I don't know how you if you had some bright lights, I think you probably could. I never tried it. I learned off YouTube how to do it.
1: <laughs> and have a lot of tapes broken. Like, wh- mm-hmm. what is the problem with VHS tapes? Do they break or is it just a snow?
5: They, they disintegrate. And they, they the real most reason that they're ever breaking, sometimes they'll despool, But sometimes they'll, uh, yeah, they wear out. Or you step they get stepped on a lot, especially in my house. I'm always <laughs> stepping on them. But, um, uh, you know, they're pretty resilient generally. Is
1: it common for you to have to rescue the tape? It just plays once and that's it.
5: Um. Yeah, I, like, uh, yeah, some of them are so disintegrated that you can barely watch them. I, I still like just having the copy just because I, I like the artwork but, and stuff uh, sometimes. But, what
1: artwork is your favorite? Just lastly here about the VHS tapes. Again, we're speaking to Shane of the... Sword, Sword Points. ...playing <laughs> tomorrow night. At the Historia. With the sticks and the transmitters and Chain Whip.
5: Yeah, and I should also mention that online ticket sales for this show tomorrow night are going to be cut off at 6 p.m. today... So you might want to get on the Facebook event page and uh, and get in there. I don't even know how many there are left. I think there's like ten tickets left. Pre-sales, uh, pre-sales left. There's there's gonna be another. There's gonna be lots left at the door, but for pre-sales, yeah.
1: And what are your favorite artwork examples from VHS tapes?
5: Um, I well, I like. I mean, a lot of the '80s. There's a lot of like, you know, a lot of cheap zombie and slasher movies that are pretty good and arguably not very good movies at all. But their box art is really good, and I think that. I mean, that's how you used to be, lure people in names. at the video Give store, right? Names. Give me some names. Um, I mean, there's all there's the big ones. There's like... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Slashers aside, I really like the cover of Logan's Run. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It looks, it looks cool. I like the blue. It's, an, it's a nice blue. <laughs> and you are
1: Shane of the band of sore Points. And Mitch, you also into sore Points. Yes. Is it true... That you guys were really on the X Files. We were, yeah, we were on one episode. What happened, Mitch? Uh,
3: we we uh, we played on the one episode of the X Files.
1: And what scene? Where was it shot?
3: It was shot in Langley. In Langley and deep Langley. Deep Langley.
1: What was the scenario?
3: It was like a party scene, and we got to play in the party scene, basically.
1: And. What was on your drum head? Like how were you acknowledged? Oh my god, this is sore points. How did it get the gig?
3: Oh, the drum we,
5: head. I don't remember that, about the that. The drum head's a whole story. What's that? Well, we the drum head was the picture of the guy that everyone started claiming they were seeing in their dreams for a while. Like this lady was being haunted by this face and mm-hmm. she went to a psych, psych uh she went to a a, a shrink and uh they said and said that this person's following my dreams, and all these other people on the internet started saying that this guy was following them in their dreams, too. Anyways, that was the face on the kick drum. But, yeah.
1: How did he get to gig? And did David Duchovny write one of the songs?
3: <laughs> yeah, we had to cover one of his songs for the episode.
1: Was it? Were first band ever to cover a David? We Duchovny we song? might have been yeah. So sure. you've covered the dogs, the
5: Snowp. <laughs> and David Duchovny I've covered the legendary dogs
1: and David Duchovny.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and, and, and actually, we got a video back after we covered David Duchovny of someone. Cover, doing an acoustic version of our version oh, of I didn't David see Duchovny. That. Yeah. I never he saw He posted that. somebody, some guy posted it on his Facebook and, <laughs> and, and tagged uh, us. Will That's you hilarious. be doing the
1: David Duchovny song tomorrow night? I in don't think Storia?
3: so. I doubt it.
1: Uh, what sort of feedback did you get? Because Ham of Canned Ham and of also Slow and many different bands, Tank Hog, he actually one time was in a Super Bowl commercial. He was in a Super Bowl <laughs> commercial. Um, I'm not sure if he even got any feedback from that. But what sort of feedback did you get from being on
3: X Files? We didn't even get credited on it, really. So no. I don't... it's
5: mostly just Joshy, Joshy Tomic of Chain Whip. It's mostly just him making fun of us at every show he plays. Oh, <laughs> if, he, come on. if he sees us in the audience, it's oh, sore points is here. But you they were on the X Files. Fresh
2: off their appearance on Third Rock from the Sun? <laughs> but what about what about X
1: Files friends? What about X Files you know fans or friends? What about friends but of the tell show? Tell
2: them about the the showrunner. What's that guy called who who made the X Files? What's the guy's name?
5: Chris Carter. Chris Carter. He's a fan, right? Chris Carter's a
3: fan.
1: Yeah, that's how you got to gig. How did you get to gig finally? No, we
3: just got an email one day. I think it was
5: from the 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 person doing the casting. Just they needed a band from Vancouver, a punk band. Uh, she Googled Vancouver punk that bands. That's pretty and random. It's found us.
2: Chain Whip came up number two. <laughs> That's
5: right.
1: <laughs> and you are again Patrick. That is a real Patrick. That is me. Patrick, yeah. and Patrick, do you have the Great White North backdrop? I you do. Do you have the banner? I do have it. How, how did you get it's that? It's not an
2: original one, it's it's a fan made one.
1: But still, even to have a fan made. So there's one, a. What there's is a, it if people are wondering?
2: So the Great White North backdrop is from uh, the Bob and Doug McKenzie. Uh, show on CITR and they stood and they sat in front of CITR sorry sorry not CITR uh, see
1: SCTV SCTV (laughs) SCTV
2: not CITR SCTV and they sat in front of this big map of North America and there's And you
1: are listening to CITR radio
2: you're listening to SCTV radio and uh, there's a local production company that does like film uh, showings in town called the here there and they made it for their showing of Great White North. And after the showing, I was the last person to leave because I was having so much fun. I asked if I could have it. And the guy said no because the sponsor of the show wanted to keep it, who was Lululemon. And then he emailed me like two months later saying, Lululemon never picked it up. Do you want it? So I took a car to his house and I grabbed it. And now it's in my garage.
1: And then you released the sore points. I did
2: release the sore Ba-boom. points. What
1: about the... Ben Fritha's internet trick on you?
2: Oh, yeah. What I happened there? Was... Oh, God, I hate this. Uh... I love
1: that. Do you know about that, Mitch? Nope. Can you explain to Mitch? So Mitch. And Shane. And Shane. Shino I've never
2: heard it. So of my Records. record label is called Hosehead Records, which nobody knows how to spell.
1: And you worked at Neptune. I did work at Neptune. And you sold, you sold Trevor a tie record. I did sell Trevor <laughs> a tie record. Uh,
2: so, so Ben Firth from Neptune played this trick on me on April Fool's where he made an Instagram page called Horsehead Records. Because there's this years and years and years of people emailing me saying, hey, Horsehead. Can you please release a, m- my band? And I just don't listen to it if they can't spell it right. The worst one I ever got was Horse Dead Records one time. Well, that's nice. cool. Yeah. And uh, so Ben re- Ben put up this Instagram page of of Horsehead Records, and he took pictures from my Instagram and photoshopped a uh, horse head onto my head and all of my friends, including my girlfriend. And uh, and 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 yeah, for 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 a short time, that was a very popular Instagram account.
1: Is Instagram still up there for people to check out? Oh, it's still there. Uh. What is it called?
2: Horsehead Records. (laughs)
1: And again, we're (laughs) speaking to... Patrick. And... Shane and Mitch from the sore, sore Points. And we're gonna hear oh, right set. we're gonna hear right now, we're gonna hear some sore points. Yeah,
2: and, we are. We're gonna hear the first song on the B side. It's called In the City.
1: And this is the Sore <laughs> Points okay. live on CITR, and then some more Sore <laughs> Points music, and then also a phone call from Nick from the Pointed Six. <laughs> <laughs> You're still listening to CITR, F102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, with special guest DJs, Patrick, and Shane, and Mitch, from Sore Points, and also Patrick from Head and Shane Rip. and what did we hear Patrick there, or what did we hear Shane?
3: We just heard uh, Soar Points in the city, and after that we heard... Brand new! Brand new, yeah, off the new record, what did that coming out so- tomorrow. What did that song mean?
5: That song is just about having enough. It's about the suffocation of living <laughs> in the city. <laughs>
3: and then, uh, then we also heard what else? Oh, uh, Pyramania Musica Para Hentafea. You is, playing drums? Where was that band. recorded? That was recorded with Felix at what was his studio called again? Little Red. Sounds. Little Red Sounds.
1: But didn't you record with Felix again for this record? For the demo,
3: no. we did that. Oh, this one was with uh,
5: JJ Heath um, at Rain, Rain city. city. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, what is that like?
3: amazing. Really it's really studio.
5: fun. Is yeah.
1: Rain City Jesse Gander?
5: Mm. Yeah. So was
1: Jesse around?
5: We didn't see him. <laughs> no, this was with uh we did it with Jonathan, Jonathan Heath, JJ goes by. He's an old bud and he helped us out a lot with some stuff in the in the past, so um it just seemed was it was just a natural fit.
1: And we are also joined right now on the phone by another person participating in the gig tomorrow night at Historia. Again, it's going to be the sore points Chain Whip, The Transmitters, and The Pointed pointed Sticks. sticks. And hello, right now, Caller, caller, are you there?
6: Caller is here.
1: Who are you, Caller?
6: (laughs) What is this, what's my line? Uh, Well, (laughs) Miss Francis, my name is Nick Jones, and I'm the singer in The Pointed Sticks.
1: Playing tomorrow night at the Astoria.
6: We are, yes, and pretty excited to do it, too. We haven't played in a long time, so... And uh, um, by the way, boys, I was, uh, listened to the record today, and it sounds fantastic, so...
3: Oh, thanks. Uh, cool. <laughs> yeah, listened to
6: the band camp version today. It was good. And
1: Excellent. also, who is in the Point of Sticks right now? Who is in the Point of Sticks? Who is not here, represented by this phone call?
6: Uh, well, it's pretty much the same guys that have been in it for, forever, really, I suppose, but it's me, myself, Bill Napier-Hemi, Tony Bardak. Gordon Nicole, and Ian Tiles.
1: You mentioned you haven't played Vancouver in a long time. I don't think I've asked you because the last time you phoned into the Nardwar show was during the Paul Leahy tribute. What happened during that tribute?
6: What happened? Yeah. Like, That's
1: for nice. instance, how how did that go?
6: Paul, oh, it was fantastic. It was a great night. Were you you weren't there that night. No, it was very good. It was uh, a lot of bands, a lot of love in the room. Paul was a genius, you know. Um, it's just unfair that he was taken from us so soon, but uh, a great guy, great songwriter, and yeah, it was a good night.
1: So how many gigs have you done since then?
6: Since the Paul Leahy tribute? Yeah. I think one, maybe, two at the most.
1: So yeah. so this will be a rare appearance by the Point of Sticks tomorrow night at the story. Uh,
6: yeah, well, you know, guys get old and uh, live far away from each other and it's just hard to play together all the time. I mean, we were hoping for a Christmas gig this year, but everyone's work gets in the way unfortunately. So, yeah. So, uh, but we are going to play at the as well as this gig, we do have another gig coming up. We're going to play at the Bowie Ball this year in January. So, that we're excited about that.
1: Is that at the Rickshaw too? Where is that? Yeah,
6: do you, do you know about that? No, the I Bowie don't. Ball? I think it's the fourth one this year. It's basically it's a it's a I think a cancer fundraiser, and it's got a ton of local bands. Everyone gets to play three songs, three Bowie songs, sort of of their choice, but there's no repeats allowed. So I guess there's like a big scrum next week where everyone fights for their songs. So uh, yeah, um, and uh, everyone says it's just a great time. Last year we did so the one that's kind of similar. We did Keithmas last year, which is like the food bank benefit where you play uh, Rolling Stones songs and. This year, we thought we'd have a crack at the Bowie one, but we are not going to do the Bob Seger one, uh, Seger Mayo. We'll pass on that, I think.
1: Which Bowie song will you do, and have you ever performed any Bowie before?
6: Can't tell you that. Ba
1: boom. You <laughs> did do a gig, and we're speaking to Nick Jones of the Pointed Sticks. You did do a gig a little while back with Devo. With Devo. Did Devo remember you? Because you played with there- Devo in like 80 or 79, right?
6: Yeah, 79. We played with them twice in 79. And uh, yeah, that's probably, that's probably going back six or seven years now. We played with them at the Vogue. And uh, not only did they remember us, but uh, Mark Mothersbaugh, they'd finished their sound check. And he sat and waited for like half an hour for us to show up because they were early. We were told to be there at a certain time. But when we got there, they'd already finished their sound check. All of them had left except for Mark, was standing outside waiting for us to show up, which was pretty nice, I thought.
1: Amazing. Had you come in yeah. any contact with them in years since, you know, since 79?
6: Uh-uh. No.
1: What a memory he had.
6: Yeah. Yeah, no kidding, huh? Yeah. Well, we did play with them. We played with them. They are kind of on their, it was the first time they played here at the Commodore. We did, it was, a, uh, and they sold out right away, so we ended up doing two, we did a midnight show. Can you imagine that in this day and age, doing a midnight show? Like, you know, the Commodore was open at like three o'clock in the morning. It was great. It was fun.
1: What songs did you perform that they might have remembered? Did they remember any s- tunes in particular?
6: Uh we never talked about that. I don't know if they remembered any particular songs uh, the sharpened pencils he was he had, was fond of calling us that, so he was telling <laughs> us that again that he remembered us as that, and yeah, so
1: well, Nick. Yeah. The reason I ask is, you know, what do people remember about the pointed sticks? What do people remember? You can't forget the pointed sticks because once you see the pointed sticks, you are forever scarred. Right now, I'm going to play a clip of a person remembering the pointed sticks. Hopefully, you will hear this person right now.
7: Who are you? Um, Well, it's a big question. Do you want to know my name or do you want to know who I am? Because that could take a long time. Who are you? (laughs) I'm a 51 year old woman, grew up in the suburbs in Burnaby, um, was marked for complete failure in life, went to SFU, got into, worked in student radio when it was CJ, C Jive back in the day, and um, eventually found my way into politics. You are Christy Clark christy clark and christy clark right off the bat was this your first concert
1: really the pointed sticks (laughs) wow
7: no it wasn't at the italian cultural center yeah well it was they were on the bill doa um was the headliner on the bill i mean i I, i'm trying to remember actually who was on the bill because i Point of Sticks were on it for sure. DOA was on it for sure. I think the Young Canadians or the KTELs, whichever they were at the time, were on it. And I don't know, maybe the Subhumans were on it, but I can't remember. But it was like this unbelievable show. We um, snuck out of the house, crawled out the window to go to the show. It was an all-ages show. And um, it was a Halloween night thing. And it was the first live gig I'd ever been to in a bar like in a club kind of a setting i couldn't believe it everybody was spitting at each other which i wasn't really prepared for at the time but i just was blown away and i i got into music after that yes i'm numb by the point of stick yeah well yeah nick jones he was the lead singer of the frank frank five do you remember them they would do every sunday at the railway club we're very sorry the railway club is closed so um that was a great and they were great frank frank five kind of you know melodic right what do you think christy clark nick jones
6: that's pretty funny, actually. Her memory's terrible because DOA was not on the bill that night. It was—I uh, can tell you what the bill was. It was us, the young Canadians, and the B sides. Um, and it was—that was—that was the win a dream date with Dimwit, where the first the door prize was you got to go on a date with Dimwit. And uh, yeah, and there was a big controversy over that because the girl who won it was underage. Doesn't like, think the dating going, like, out and doing necks and things like that, and also the idea of Dimwit going out on a date with an underage girl. Uh, I mean, back in 1979, that might not have seemed quite so risky, but you'd never get away with something like that. So it was funny. Uh, yeah. And people weren't speeding all over the place. The speeding was over by then. Um. Anyway, anyway, it's nice that she remembers us. Anyway, but if her memory is, I don't know, if she's as good at politics as she is at her memory, she'd probably still be premier, I suppose.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Boom! But she remembered your name. She remembered the Frank Frank Five. She She shouted you out.
6: She she probably had a crush on me. You know, she wasn't the (laughs) only one back then. You know. Did
1: you play a lot of gigs at the Railway Club?
6: With Frank Frank Five, we played a billion gigs at the Railway Club until the uh, Forsyth family sold it, and then the you know idiots took over, and then we stopped playing there. So, yeah.
1: and again, we're speaking to Nick Jones from the Pointed Sticks playing tomorrow night with the Transmitters and the sore Points and Chain Whip, and in Chain Whip is. Patrick, and Patrick, you are a huge Pointed Sticks fan, aren't you? I am. One or two. And actually, Patrick has allegedly a thousand copies with each sleeve, but I don't know what if that's possible. The green ones. But could you please explain what you have to Nick of the 7-inch? Yeah, that's uh, the
2: first Pointed Sticks 7-inch. It came out with five different colored sleeves. And, and what, you got them all? I've got them all. And what are I read. You- was that it was a 1,000 of each color, but the green one was really hard to get.
6: The green one was the first one. The green and the orange, they came out at the same time. Those were the first two, the green and the orange ones. Okay. So, yeah. The green yeah, was yeah. definitely
2: the hardest one for me to track down.
6: Okay, cool. Well, that's, uh, I mean, thanks.
1: <laughs> Has, does anybody else have all five covers?
6: I do. No, I don't. I'd actually, I doubt I do. So there's green, orange, yellow red and purple is that right It's
2: a pink one not a purple one
6: Pink one pink yeah. one and then the blue one the re-release yeah, that on, you know, Ontario one. did yeah yeah, yeah. Ah, good good. Yeah Here's I got good. that one well, too so six of them there uh, you go And
1: Patrick also has the Perfect Youth release show poster from the Cave What do you remember oh, about yeah. that The Perfect Youth release show at the Cave
6: uh, I don't know if that was t- the actual release show if I'm not mistaken was uh might have been at the Arcadian Hall, or might have been—I uh, can't remember. I can't remember. We did play the Cave right after that, though. That Cave show—the um, first night of the Cave—we did two nights of the Cave, and the first night was the night John Lennon died. That was—that uh, was an adventurous night, I must say. Um, probably the most drunk we ever were on stage. Uh, in particular, certain unnamed keyboard player who was gave like about a. Ten-minute monologue about the life of John Lennon and everything that it meant to him—that nobody in the audience understood a word of what he was saying. So, uh, good times.
1: But Patrick, you have the record release poster. It says the Cave, right?
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: that's on Hornby, right?
1: Yeah,
6: yeah, Yep. yeah, that's yep, right. Yeah, yep. yeah. The record had just come out. I don't know if that technically was. I know we did like a like a. Oh well, yeah, maybe that was maybe that was the one that we could consider to be the record release. I can't remember it. <laughs> At
1: the very so, least it was it was billed like that on the poster.
6: Yeah. Long time ago.
1: And Long also Patrick is really trying to track you are trying to track down every point of sticks related stuff, but there's one thing you're having a hard time getting a hold of. What is that, Patrick? That's the American song forty five. That thing's impossible. Yeah.
6: The big hole American song. The big 45. hole, yeah. Yeah, there might have been a hundred of them. You got you got an extra? I uh, I don't even know if I've got one. I got a big box of single detectors that I haven't looked through in a few years. There's sure probably one in there somewhere. But, well, uh, am yeah. Let when me give you my number. It, some point, some point in the next thirty years, I'll look through it, and if I got an extra one, you can have it. So. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs>
1: did Did that come out on twelve inch or was it only seven inch?
6: No, it was a. It was um. It was meant to be like this was our idea that we were going to get it on jukeboxes, so it's a big hole seven inch, uh, which would be the only. Big hole seven-inch that we ever did. And uh, I don't know how many jukeboxes. Probably none that had ever made it on successfully. But we did put it out. And I don't know. Things were getting pretty weird around that point and the point it's sticks time in life. So, yeah.
1: I also sent you, Nick, a poster of you playing with the wipers and female hands. What was that show like? It was at the Showbox in Seattle.
6: That was... It was probably would have either been the first or the last show on one of our periodic trips on the coast that year. Because I know we played with the Wipers in Portland and Sacramento as well on that trip. So I can't remember. Did you ever... Wipers, great band. Oh, my God. That first Wipers record, Is This Real? What a great record that is. So uh, they were good. We were good. You know, that was back in the day when we could go down to Seattle and draw a thousand people. So,
1: yeah, good. like the show box is huge.
6: It's big, yeah.
1: yeah. And you were it was completely packed out.
6: Well, I wouldn't know. if it, I can't remember whether it was packed out or not, but certainly it would have been, you know, decently full. Um, there was a pretty good scene going on back then. I mean, bands like the Dills could come to Vancouver and drop six and seven hundred people. You know, at O'Hara's down at the foot of uh, the Avengers could come here and drop four or five hundred people. You know, we could go to San Francisco and sell out three, four hundred seat clubs. It was a bit of a different world back then. That's for sure. People loved live music then.
1: What were people thinking of when they saw the female hands? What were the female hands like?
6: Mm, not at all. They were okay. Um, that's uh, a That was Alan Moy's band. He was. Uh, he's the 6440 manager. So yeah, I mean they were good. They were okay. They were good. They're like four guys from Surrey, and they were okay. And
1: again, we're speaking to Nick Jones from Appointed Sticks, playing tomorrow night at the Astoria, Astoria with the ah, Annie. Jane Whip. And the Transmitters. Transmitters. Transmitters.
2: And Transmitters. also, we have
1: Patrick <laughs> from Hosed Records and Chain in here. And I have, Nick, been trying to convince Patrick, who has a record label, to reissue, to reissue something by the pack. Who are the pack? The Warner Brothers, the Canadian uh. Connection, Jim Walker. Did you stay with them in England? Should Patrick reissue the pack?
6: Uh, the first pack, um, I think there's two pack singles, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken. King of Kings is a really good single. They were kind of sort of pillish, I would say. A little a little on the kind of noisy side, yeah. Um, it's definitely an, an underground classic, no doubt. Um, Simon passed away a couple of years ago, but John still lives in Vancouver, so he'd probably be the guy you'd want to talk to.
7: So there
1: is a Canadian connection to the pack.
6: Yeah, absolutely, it,
1: so he left Vancouver and then went to England and then formed a band. How did that work out?
6: Um, I'm not the expert on that. Uh, Shithead would probably give you a better go on that. Cause Shithead was better friends with Simon. Just, Simon was in the skulls. Simon Warner was in, was the guitar player in the skulls with Joe. So, but yeah, I think what happened, I think three of them, I think Simon and John and Jim Walker all left right around the same time, you know, to seek their fame and fortune in the UK. And, uh, Simon stayed
1: there, Walker stayed there and, uh, and Oh, you're you're breaking up a tiny bit Nick. Are you still okay. there? You break I am still here. I you're... am
6: still here. Can, can you hear me now?
1: Yeah, just wa- okay. um actually that makes sense because Joey Shithead went to Toronto to play with the Skulls. The band broke up. He moved back to Vancouver, formed DOA, and I guess maybe Simon went on from Toronto to England. Right. Have you, Nick, got a lot of new fans through new streaming services? Nick? I don't know. Uh, know. The reason I mention that is I was listening to a streaming service, Spotify, and it was music inspired by the pointed sticks. (laughs) And I discovered Holly and the Italians because of you. Because it was music inspired by The Pointed Sticks. I mean, you are being thrown in all these streaming services, but it also provided me an opportunity to hear hidden bonus tracks by The Pointed Sticks, and Such such as. I didn't realize that you actually changed the words to the song All the Bad Girls, which my band, The Evaporators, covered. Because when I listened to the bonus track, you had changed all the words from All the Bad Girls, which you did at the Quadra Club, backing up the Avengers and the Subhumans are playing with them, All the Bad Girls, an amazing live tape with Colin Griffith on guitar from The Waste Alive. You had changed the lyrics from that song from all the bad girls to automatic you what happened? You changed the lyrics
6: Well, I think we changed it and then we booted that song out pretty shortly after that was Tony brought that song with him from private school So it was just like at the very beginning. It was just like one of those we didn't have enough songs So we learned that song and then we kind of thought it was sort of dumb, but it's not I mean that's funny when you when you when you mention that because There is a lot of those songs, like some of the songs that we played at the very beginning that we eventually just ended up just tossing out and going, well, we can write better songs than that. We're a serious band now. But when you listen to them back, some of those songs were really quite good. Um, We might even be playing a couple of them tomorrow night, but not all the bad girls. Sorry. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, I guess I was kind of shocked, like, all the bad girls, the lyrics were pretty much automatic you, you know, it was changed the yeah. title, etc. Oh, yeah, it's just
6: a chorus, yeah, it's just a chorus that we changed.
1: And yeah. also, on the bonus track, again, I was listening to Spotify Music Inspired by the Pointed Sticks, and the bonus track went on, and there was a clip of Terry David Mulligan, and he was dissing you guys! I didn't realize that!
6: Was that really true? Yeah, he, the, yeah. The, all, yeah. Terry's a dick. You know, of course he was going to be us. You know, he, at the time, Terry, Terry likes whoever is paying Terry. So if it's John Lennon paying him to interview him, then Terry likes John Lennon. If it's, you know, somebody else, Terry likes John Lennon. If it's Bruno Gerici from the Beachcombers, that's who Terry likes that day. So uh, I've talked to him a few times since then, and he's fine. But at the time, he was working for Fox, and it wasn't on Fox's agenda for them to be thinking anything positive about punk rock music. Bruce Allen was making sure of that. So there was coercion. You know, if we had if we'd had lawyers, we could have those guys. Not coercion, collusion. That's what it is. Yeah. Against, against giving any of the bands a break until the Paolas came along. And then he managed them and they made a fortune. So,
1: Well, what I was curious about, you have also a song, Middle Class. Was that in reference to Gary Middle Class from the band
6: E and the Paolas? Probably. Oh, Really? Well, I don't know. It's an instrumental, right,
1: that one? Um, I'm not sure, but I I think there is a middle class by the point of sticks. And I was curious also, in your song, Out of Luck, you say, They tell me all the stories of the boys and their glory. Nearly died when you gave them the shove, but I fall for you, honey. Now I'm feeling funny. That sounds like a pretty wild, strong girl. Nearly died when you gave them the shove. Who
6: was that? Boy, when you read that, Nardwar, it sounds almost Shakespearean, i got to say. Fantastic.
1: Well, actually, when I read it, it's an amazing song. Like, Uh, I I read it to, like, thinking the song is playing in the background. So thank you, Pointed Sticks, for helping me understand Shakespeare.
6: Right, there you go. There you go, yeah. Um, It was our Hamlet, I suppose. Uh, I don't know. I I could tell you who it was about, but I'm not going to. You know, Uh, what would be the point in that at this point in time? So, you know.
1: Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Like, nearly died when you gave them the shelf. That's pretty intense. And I was also curious you are Nick from the Point of Sticks playing tomorrow night at the Astoria, Astoria. Astoria with Correct. the. Star Point and the. Point. Chain Chain win. And so you're playing on. Ha- and Astoria is on Hastings, right, That's Patrick? That's right. It is on it's Hastings. It's
6: side right he- Pittsburgh Paint.
5: Yeah, the big paint sign. Yeah. Yeah. Hastings and Hawks.
6: Now, I was curious, when you okay, shot... Okay, Nard, hang, hang on a sec. So, one thing, if there's people out there listening that are planning on coming to that show, if you haven't bought your ticket, I think I would probably get there fairly early tomorrow night. Um, it's going to be sold out, and you're going to be standing in the room on Hastings Street if you're not there at 9 o'clock or 9.30. So, you know, get there early if you're coming tomorrow night. I don't think you're going to get bills like this very often in Vancouver. If you like this kind of music, you've got four bands that are going to destroy you tomorrow night. So... Yeah, it's all good. And, anyway, she,
1: and Shane, well Shane was saying about the online tickets, right?
5: That's right. Yeah. I don't think there's very many left and those will be cut yeah. off in 1 hour.
1: To yeah. check out the pointed sticks and the sore points on Hastings Street, but Hastings
6: gig, it's their night, not our night. We're just there to help them out. You know, we always liked those guys and Trevor was a big fan from way back when, so you know, he said, will you play on our release? And we said, absolutely, we will. So it's their Aww. game, their night, their glory.
4: So. so if
1: Trevor's listening, this goes out to you, Trevor. But I was wondering about Hastings Street. Is he's, Where was the Dennis Hopper out of the blue, the clip, you doing Somebody's Mom? Where was that filmed? What hall? Where on Hastings? I was driving Almost along Hastings. right Hast-
6: across the street. Almost right across the street, the Viking Hall.
1: Where so. was that? What, do you know, The where was the cross street or...
6: Like eight twenty eight, I think it's it's literally if you crossed the road and went down one block towards downtown, it would be right there.
1: And is it still there?
6: Ah, uh, yeah, absolutely, it is still there. Yeah, I think there's like a Vietnamese ping pong club that, that runs the place now. So, yeah.
1: what what side of the street is it on? The north or the south?
6: North, uh, the south side of the street.
1: And we're speaking here to Nick Jones at the Point of Sticks. And winding up here, Nick, you live on the island. Also living on the island is Diana Kroll and Elvis Costello, your stiff ma- label mate. Have you ever run into them on the island?
6: They live in British properties, actually. But, uh, no, I've never run into them. i ran run into Elvis a couple of times doing my other job. But, uh, no, not running into them. But if you want an unlikely uh, or a coincidental uh, hookup between that... The guy who used to manage us, Steve Macklin, he's Elvis and Diana's manager now. Some Big time rock manager.
1: Yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot that he is a guy that I email over and over every year asking if I can interview Elvis <laughs> Costello. It's kind of like a form email that I – I don't even, like, change it at all. I just forward it and re-forward it, and he just, he just ignores me totally. Is is that
6: uh, – You wouldn't be the only one that gets ignored by by sending emails to Steve Macklem from what I've heard, so –
1: <laughs> Boom! That's good. That's good that Nardwar is losing the punk points in that respect and winding up here with you, you
6: score punk points oh, by losing there. Uh,
1: the song "Angeline" by the Point of Sticks. Did you do mm-hmm. no vocals for that in 1995, like 15 years mm-hmm. afterwards?
6: Mm-hmm. Nope. No. No, he didn't. Version.
1: No, no. What about not. the Stiff box set? Because also on the Stiff box set from 2007 is The Transmitters who are playing tomorrow right. night with you right. and Chain Whip and The Sore Points. The Transmitters are on that, but you appear on that comp doing out of out of luck, but it seems to be a different How did they get a hold of you or what mix did they use because it seems really different than the mix that was on the single
6: because well, there was a 12, uh, there was a, a stiff put out that on a single. There was a three-song stiff single with somebody's mom, what do you want me to do, and Out of Luck, that came out. But that that was the first thing that we did for them. Do you remember that guy Brinsley Schwartz? Who had his band Brinsley Schwartz? He was like a pub rock guy. We wanted Nick Lowe. We got, like, Nick Lowe's retarded cousin or something like that instead. So uh, we came over. And we re-recorded. I don't even know what we were doing at that point. We re-recorded three songs that we had already done. So it's probably that's that's probably the version of Out of Luck that's on there, which is not anywhere near as good as the single version. I don't think.
1: Well, it seems even different than the actual seven-inch version. It seems like they remi- remixed the version. Right. Are there ma- did they have the master tapes? Could they have done that? Oh sure, sure,
6: Yep. But sure. I've never actually heard that stiff compilation, so I don't know. Yeah.
1: Have you heard it, Patrick? I have not. No. But you can hear Patrick tomorrow night and his band, Chain Whip. Chain Whip. And winding up here, Nick, this final year, who signed you at the Commodore? It was like a British guy that happened to be at the Commodore Did this happen to see you packing the Commodore out?
6: Kind of. Not really, though. His name was Paul Conroy, and he was sort of a big figure in stiff back then. He went on to be, like, head of A&R for, I think, Island or one of those other labels. And uh, his girlfriend... He had met some girl from Vancouver, and I don't know whether or not they were girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, but he was over here, and somehow he had some kind of a, a connection to Macklin's girlfriend, <laughs> Caroline. So he came to see the show, and obviously he saw a packed-out comedy and thought, hmm, you know. And they were looking to sign uh, They signed two North American acts, three actually. They signed Rachel Sweet, us, and a band from New York called The Feelies, and... Uh, Feely's record sort of came, was about to come, it came out around the same time that ours should have, but again, Stiff was falling apart at that point. They were going broke, they had no money, and they had no focus whatsoever at that point. They were just focused on trying to stay, uh, you know, one step ahead of, like, Taxman, I suppose. So, fell through the cracks, kind of like ours. But, yeah, that's what happened there.
1: Your record was called Perfect Youth, and in the song Perfect Youth, there is a lyric, Young Canadians, did they think it was about them?
6: Did they think it was about them? Maybe. Maybe. Do you know, I I hear something for you. Did you know that the original Young Canadians was Phil Smith's band? Uh, It was Phil and Bill and the Three Dishrags, and that was the band that later became the Snow Geese on the first Bud Luxford record. But when the Young Canadians had to change their name, Phil most graciously gave them the name of his band, so...
1: Amazing. Also, I heard that, like, the Young Canadians, famous for Hawaii, actually, Art took that song from Active Dog?
6: Uh, He took it from Randy Carpenter's brother, Ross, yes. So, at least he fessed up. He claims that he, in a drunken haze, he heard it one night in a drunken haze, then woke up the next morning and thought that he'd written it himself. I don't know if that's true or not, but he did finally fess up anyway.
1: And winding up here, this lastly... Randy Rampage—he sadly passed away. What were I the? are going
6: to say something about that. Yeah.
1: What yeah. Were, were what were the interactions between you and Randy Rampage, or the pointed sticks Because I know you had Dimwit in the band for what?
6: Uh, all the time, all the time. Um, you have to remember that in 1978 there may have been a hundred of us, you know, and then a month later there might have been hundred and fifty, and eventually it got bigger and bigger. But when it first started out, there wasn't that many of us. So. We were always at the same parties. We all practiced in the same building. We all did gigs with each other. We probably played with D.O.A. 15 times back then, including our first gig ever. So Randy was a, a super old friend, and I don't know I don't know if you knew Randy very well, but his onstage wild man image, which he was as good at as anybody, um, that definitely uh, concealed a heart of gold. Randy was one of the nicest men to meet in your life, so he can give you the shirt off his back which was pretty good because half the time he never had a shirt on his back. He was topless anyway, but uh, show off his tattoos. But one thing about Randy I'm going to say is that I don't think there's any person in Vancouver music history, not Brian Adams, not anybody else, not Shithead, not anyone who inspired more kids to go out and want to become musicians. because He was about as cool as it gets. And if you look at pictures of Duff McKagan, he pretty much took his entire image from Randy, you know, the, the bleach blonde hair, the tattoos, the shirtless thing, the base down around his knees, like it's rampage to a T. So, you know, Randy might have never ever gotten the worldwide fame that perhaps he did or didn't deserve, but pretty influential guy and a great guy and everyone's going to miss him. And there is a wake for him at Christchurch Cathedral on September the 29th, an open wake for him that uh, there's going to be some speakers there and just a chance to remember Randy's life. So but thanks for bringing that up.
1: Well, thank you, Nick, for um, so eloquently dis- expressing. Like, I guess it is only 100 people. Did you do any, you know, way back when, did you do any um, gigs at the Smiling Buddha with um, DOA?
6: Uh, Rude Norton did, a million. The Point is six never actually played at the Smiling Buddha. By the time the Smiling Buddha opened up, we kind of sort of, we kind of, not crossed over is the wrong word, but you know, we had sort of, I don't know, we are getting a little bit too popular to play in that place, I suppose. You know, and our fans weren't Smiling Buddha kind of fans maybe so much. You know, there was a lot of girls, and, you know, downtown Eastside is a pretty rough place that uh, wasn't anywhere near as bad back then as it is now. But it was still a pretty rough place to be at, like, midnight on a Friday night if you're a 16-year-old girl trying to sneak in down there. So played there a million times with Rude Norton, played in Rude Norton with Randy a few times as well. Um, yeah. What do you... uh, I, think this, I think this gig, I think... Uh, the store points original idea for this cake might have been to be at the smiling Buddha, but I guess things didn't work out. So, unfortunately, <laughs> maybe next time.
1: And people should check out tomorrow night at the Astoria yeah, yeah. with the pointed sticks and chain whip and transmitters.
6: Pla- and be there early.
1: And be there early. I was going to mention lastly, lastly here. Have you been to the new smiling Buddha at all?
6: I have not. No. Ian has. He told me about it. He said it was good.
1: But people can learn all about the your the smiling Buddha in your amazing song, which we'll play right now. Igor said by the pointed sticks. The point. It's all about the actually the po- uh, smiling Buddha, isn't it? The doorman Igor.
6: Yeah, it is. Yes, it is.
1: Uh, anything you guys sore points or Shane want to address Nick with?
4: Uh,
8: Mitch,
5: Shane. See you tomorrow night. <laughs> you see, you yeah. tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. see you tomorrow night. See you
6: tomorrow.
5: Actually, yeah. actually, the last nervous talk show was that pointed stick show at the rickshaw. I remember that. Actually, and that's sort of what <laughs> that sort of what led right. us to start start sore points, is that the band ended. Yeah,
6: <laughs> but, I, I remember that. I remember you guys, uh, especially the the young guy with the glasses. He was distraught at the end of the night that night.
5: Joel <laughs> Butler. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. That was yeah. near the end there. I think I had a yeah. cane. I think I walked on stage with a cane. That I made, remember
6: that. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. was the jerk with a cane. At point, yeah, at what you guys <laughs> weren't going to play because of that cane. So.
5: And I think I hung around at the end of the night demanding yeah. <laughs> cash from More you guys.
6: I, I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, guys. You played 20 minutes at the beginning of the night, and you got paid. Like, <laughs> what's the real world. Come on.
1: And now everything <laughs> comes around tomorrow night. Now we're, opening for, now we're opening for you. Okay, there's,
6: there's your reward, all right? Well,
1: thank you very much, Nick. Keep yeah, on... No I gotta go. Keep gotta on go, rocking right. in the free world and do doo loo doo Do-do-do. Uh,
6: are you coming tomorrow night, Nard?
1: Oh, yes. I will be there.
6: Excellent. A- and, do, do,
1: and do do And Do-do. do
8: See ya. And I remember that ego said
1: You're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, and who do we still still have in the studio right now? Mitch, and <laughs> and Shane, and and Patrick, and Patrick, and Patrick. What did we just
2: hear right there? That was Igor said from the Pointed Sticks. That was from their reunion album, 2008, 2006,
1: 2000. 2000- uh, actually, I'm not exactly – um, maybe seven or eight. The, that's, set, that's the right fir- in there. The first reunion album, I that's think. It. Three lefts make a right. And they are going to be playing on Hastings Street. Tomorrow night. On tomorrow night at the That's with right. With Chain Whip and with Short Points and with
2: the – Short Points. And the Short Points and the Transmitors.
1: <laughs> and people have one hour to get tickets, right? right? Or you can show up at the door. And right now, what are we going to end with? We are well, going to play Numb by the sore points. By the sore points. And I think you want to add sore points to the people out there at all. We'll and We'll see you at end. the show tomorrow. I don't know. Which We've is right across, that. as Nick said, right across from where to... From the ping pong center. Where the Point of Sticks, if you go to YouTube... Can they filmed
2: that out of the scene of the out blue. of the blue.
1: Dennis Hopper. That's so right. So it's right there on Hastings Street. That's right. Cool. The Point of Sticks. We're playing ping pong. The Transmitters. <laughs> and brand new from... A chain whip as well. A brand new from the sore points. What... What this are we gonna hear? Any background on this song right now?
5: Numb. Uh, it's numb's kind of like a mother's little helper kind of song, right? Does that I, make any sense? And you can't go wrong
1: with that. You know what I mean? Well, thank you very much, <laughs> sore Points. Thank you very much, Hose Head, and Doot Do Loot Doo. Do 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 doo do,
4: do. do, do. do. <laughs>